Good morning, Cornerstone. You're probably wondering who is that bald guy with stuff on his chin, right? So I am your guest speaker today. My name is Chris Spradlin. And uh, so I am from Oklahoma City, all right, where there are like no trees and it is hot and the hail is as large as softballs and we have F5 tornadoes. It is a wonderful place to live. It is awesome. And so as I'm driving in, I'm just looking around and I'm like, God, I'm struggling with like lust and envy right now because there's palm trees and we have red dirt. And there's like Camelback Mountain, Flagstaff, you go up there, fly fish. And it's really hot and humid, so you guys are blessed. Let me just say that. Don't you ever forget that. So, uh, yeah, I've been in ministry for about 20 years, and I was on staff at a church called LifeChurch.tv. Some of you guys may or may not have heard of that. Uh, One way that you may have heard of it is we probably have lots of iPhone, smartphone users. They are the creators of the YouVersion Bible app. And so I know that a bunch of you guys probably have that. Yeah. So that comes from Live Church TV. I was a pastor there. I was a team teacher there with Craig Rochelle for several years. I'm no longer doing that. Uh, actually, now I, I'm a speaker, I'm an author, uh, I'm a blogger, and my website is epicparent.tv. All right? There you go. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. And so the mission of epicparent.tv is we will empower and unleash a new generation of parents. So my question for you is how many jacked up parents do we have out there? Raise your hands. Okay, the rest of you are liars. If you know somebody and they're a jacked up parent, will you just point at them real quick? Don't, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Um, Yeah, so... Uh, man, go check out epicparent.tv. I blog there uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, pretty funny stuff, pretty good stuff, Jesus stuff. I think you'll love it. I think you'll be challenged, okay? I've been married for 19 years to my smoking hot wife, Jody. We've been, yeah, next week it will be 19 years that we will have been married. You're darn right, you better clap. Because those first two years were on life support. I'm just glad she's not here to tell you her side of it. I've got three kids. Uh, Coltrane is 14 years old, and he loves girls right now. Let me just tell you that. So we're entering that world. Uh, Kylie Faith is the boss of the Spradlin home. She's 13. She just turned 13 last week. And, man, I just got to tell you this story. So she came home from school, and Jody was like, so, man, are you, you know, any guys that you're interested in or anything like that? And she goes, of course. She goes, but, Mom, I don't know what they stand for or who they are, so it doesn't matter. I was like, bam, that's what I'm talking about. And so I send her to school every day with chains and stuff like that. And then we've got uh, Tifton. Uh, Tifton Jack, I call him the jackhammer. He's 11 years old, and he's a stud, and I am blessed to be their dad. Um, 
Before I get started, let me just say, so I got here this morning about 7 o'clock, and I'm driving in the parking lot, and there's like 15, 20 people out there, man. They're like running around, they're making stuff happen, and so I park, and I get out, and people are greeting me like crazy, hey, we're glad to have you here, and I come back, I'm getting ready, the last experience was unbelievable, and I just want to tell you guys, outside guy looking in, the very first thing, you are unbelievably blessed to have a man like Pastor Lynn leading Cornerstone. I work with a lot of churches, and I see a lot of different things, but you are led by a man that has high integrity, that loves Jesus more than life, that is a leader, and he loves you guys, and he has committed his entire existence, every breath, to reaching people in this community. You're blessed. Here's the next thing I want you to know, is that you guys are not normal, okay? There is like this supernatural momentum, movement of God that's happening at Cornerstone. I can see it, see it I, can, I, I can feel it, and it's so easy to come in week after week and grow numb to the movement of God. This is not happening everywhere. This is not normal. This is weird in a good way, all right? So just know, man, there is a supernatural thing that's going on here that you can't describe. Cornerstone, you guys have got it, okay? And, and it is so cool, man. You guys should be screaming, shouting, running up and down. So when my oldest son Coltrane was four years old, he comes to me and he's like, Dad, we got to have a talk. I'm like, all right, man. He's like, let's go to the couch here and sit down. And I'm like, wow, what's he going to tell me? <laughs> I was a little scared. And so we sit down and he's like, Dad, I've made a decision. I'm running away from home today. I'm like, sweet, let me help you pack. <laughs> I said, what, what's the deal, man? What have I done? Have your mom and I done something? Are we back? No, no, you're good. Mom and dad, you're good. It's just time for me to leave. <laughs> True story. And I'm like, all right, bro. Um, go get your Scooby-Doo backpack. <laughs> and so he got it. And I said, man, I'm going to set you up here, okay? Uh, here's some change of clothes for you. Here's your favorite T-shirt. Here's some goldfish. You're going to get hungry. Let's put some goldfish. I said, man, you need to go get me at least like four or five pull-ups. You need to get me your Power Ranger underwear. You got to get all that stuff. And then we got a, a Snoopy Zebco 303 rod. Because so I was like, dude, you're going to be hungry. And you're going to have to catch your own food. And here's a couple bucks. And I love you. And I'll see you later. <laughs> Hugged him, put my hands on him, put his Nike hat on, and prayed over him, and he left. <laughs> so I'm like standing right here, and I'm like, this dude's really leaving. I can't believe this. 
And he like takes step after step after step after step. He's like, see ya. You know, YOLO kind of a deal, I guess. I don't know. And, and he's gone. He came back two days later. I'm totally lying. I just got every one of you. This guy was like, no way. I can't believe that. That was awesome. You guys fell into that. I'll tell you more about how that story ended a little bit later. But that day, Coltrane ran away from his father. And today we're going to look at God's word. We're going to look in Luke chapter 15, which is the story of the prodigal son. How many of you guys show hands remember that story? Yeah, it's probably been a while since we've kind of looked at that. And as I was studying that, Here's what blows me away. There's not just one runaway in that story. There's three of them. There's three runaways in the story of the prodigal son. And what we're going to do is we're going to unpack and we're going to look at that. And our very first runaway is the son that ran away from his father. So if you guys are taking notes, just grab your pen. You guys can write that down. The son that ran away from his father. On the count of three, I want you guys to repeat that with me. One, two, three. The son that ran away from his father. Here we go. There was a man, and he had two sons. And the younger son said to his father, he said, Father, give me my share of the estate. The younger son got together all he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. If that were to happen today, this trust funder would have came to his dad. And he's like, Dad, I am out. I'm done, just like Coltrane did. It's time for me to leave. I'm going to go. Dad said, listen, man, is there anything, you know, what, your mom and I, what have we done? What's pushing you away? It's just time. I got to go. I got to get, I got to get out of here. Got to get away from you. I'm gone. So dad writes him a big fat check. He hops in his Audi. Gets on the 93 and he heads to Vegas. And he is living large because everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? He knew it wouldn't get back to his dad. He goes to the Bellagio. He goes to the Hard Rock. He's checking out the Blue Man Group. Man, he's drinking like a fish. He's on the front row of the Celine Dion concert. He's singing the Titanic song. He's crying because he's lit. And he's loving it. So he just kind of does this whole wild party rock star scene. So if you really look at the story, what happened was he chose money over his father. Okay? He chose his desires over his father's desires. He chose Celine. 
He chose the hard rock. He chose the lion guy. He chose the Osmonds. If they're there, I don't know. Uh-oh, we got some Osmond fans in the house. Get back. He chose his way over his father's way. How many of you are sitting here today and you are choosing your way over your father's way? Same son, Coltrane. We're fishermen. We're, we're redneck a little bit. You can hear it in my twang, I know. We got a little redneck thing going on. We lived for 15 years in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. All right, yeah, love that place. And that's still kind of home to us. We're back and forth, but we spent a lot of time in Oklahoma, and we love to fish. And the very first time I took Coltrane fishing, we're riding in the car, and he's like, Dad, I'm just going to lay it out, man. He goes, I am going to bait my own hook. I'm going to cast my own hook. I'm going to reel my own fish in, and I'm going to take that fish out by myself. And I'm like, darn right, you the man. So we go fishing. He casts his Snoopy 303 out. I cast mine out. And he's just sitting there, man. He's looking around. He's got a dip in. He's spitting. I'm just kidding. He doesn't have a dip in. <laughs> so he catches one. And he's cranking Snoopy over, man. He acts like he's catching a shark. He's doing this, reeling, go, reeling, go. I'm like, let me help you. He's like, Dad, I said I got it. And so I get a fish, I run over, and I get mine, and I take mine off the hook, and I put it back in, and I look over, and Coltrane is sitting about 20 feet away from me. He's sitting on a rock. He's got that fish in his shirt. <laughs> and it's beating the heck out of him. It's like jumping. I'm like, listen, man, Colorado, you go to jail for that, dude. You got to catch and release. You got to put that trout back in. He's like, I'm not. He's like, this is my fish, Dad. You said we were coming fishing. I was going to catch a fish. I caught my fish. Now you tell me I got to put my fish up? Put your fish up. And like big crocodile tear. And so he talked. That's the epic parent I am. Go, go check out my advice. I'm like, yeah, go, okay, keep the fish. So we get in the car and we're driving home and he's sitting in the car and that fish is on his lap and he's just loving on him. He's just petting him and they're talking and they've got a real bond with one another and it's really weird. And so I get home and we've got one of those big jungle gym playground things outside and I'm looking out the window and Cole's got that fish, man, he's shooting him off the slide into the dirt like 20 times. And then we got those baby swings and he's got him in there. He pushes, he flies out the leg hole. You know, rigor mortis is setting in, the fish's eyes hanging out. He stinks, the wind hits it, the whole town, it's ridiculous, okay? Uh, he's, we got a rock climbing wall. Uh, train would stick that fish in the back of his uh, pull-up thingy and would, you know, climb up. Absolutely insane. Two hours into this deal, I'm like, all right, we're done. He's going to get like a fish disease from hell or something. <laughs> and so I'm like, Cole, listen, man, it's time to throw the fish away. Look, he doesn't have eyes. Uh, Cole's, like his scales are all over Cole's face. He looks like a sleaze stack almost from like land of the lost, like a fish boy. And I'm like, listen, man, 
put that thing up and here's what Cole does. I'm like, no, 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 put the thing, and he does this. And so Cole's a great kid. He's really not this defiant, okay, but this day he was. And so I get down on my knees. I'm eye level with him. I'm like, Coltrane, I need you to give me the stupid fish. <laughs> okay? And here's what Cole does. He stands on his tippy toes over me and holds his fish in the air. <laughs> give me the fish. He stands higher. Give me the fish. He stands higher. He was holding that fish above his father's voice. My question for you is, what is your fish? What is your fish? What are you holding above your father's voice? Your father is standing before you today. He's saying, surrender your fish to me. And there's some of you that are doing this. Okay? Or you're holding it up. What is your fish? Maybe it's your a workaholic. Maybe it's an addiction for you. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's pornography. Stats tell me there's some people in this room with that issue right now. Maybe it's your a screaming mom. I don't know what it is for you, but there are some of you here this weekend and you've got your fish and you love it and you're petting it and you're going down the slide with it and God's saying, come on, surrender it to me. You're doing this and there, today is the day that you need to surrender that fish. You have a holy God that's calling out to you and his arms are open wide. Surrender the fish today. Romans 1.25 says they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. They worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. He worshiped created things over God. He chose, and some of you have chose God's presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, over his presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. My prayer is that today, those of you guys that are hanging on and you've run away from God and you've got your fish and you're running hard, that you would fall to your knees, that you would confess, that you would repent, that you would say no more, you would find accountability, you would tell somebody what's going on, you gotta bring what's in the dark into the light. For those of you that have run away from home, today is a day, it's time to come home. So our very first runaway is a son that ran away from his father. Our second runaway, if you guys are taking notes, grab your pen. Our second runaway is the son that ran away from his father. I did not stutter or mess up. There's two of them. So we're going to fast forward to the end of the story. Okay? 
prodigal son, Celine Dion loving rock star partying guy comes home. Okay? They throw a big party for him. His brother that never left home is angry. 15, Luke 15, 28 through 29. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. He said, look at all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Look at all those personal pronouns. There's like 29 of them in there. It reminds me of I'm my redneck. Toby Keith's got that song I want to talk about me. I want to talk about my. I want to talk about number one on me, oh my, what I think. That's all I know. It's a great song. Here's what I want you to see with this brother. On the outside, he was present with his father. On the inside, his heart was far away. On the outside, he did all the right things. He mended the fences. He ran the farm. He was a visionary for the family agricultural system. He was there. He showed up. He got his check marks. He was there day after day after day after day after day. He never geographically left his father's presence. But as you see from this, it's very clear from what was coming from his inside out of his mouth is that he was far away from his father. On the outside, he looked good. On the inside, he was distant. You know, I said we spent a lot of time in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. All my kids were born there, and we loved to snowboard. I mean, we, like, love it. And little Tifton Jack, Jackhammer, man, that kid is a ripper. We're talking hit 25, 30-foot gaps, 360s, break-your-neck kind of stuff. He's just an adrenaline junkie. And so when he and I get ready to go snowboard, man, we, we look good. Okay, I've got a sweet ride board. I got Burton boots. I got the snow. I got the Sean White white collection. Okay, yeah, that's you live in Colorado. That's good. Sean White's not so white anymore after kind of his last incident with the law. Uh, but Oakleys, man, hand warmers, great gloves. I really should be on a magazine. Okay, <laughs> I really should. And so we get to the mountain, and Tifton's like, Dad, let's go to the park. Let's go hit the jumps at the terrain park. I'm like, all right, man, let's go. And so we show up, and Tifton gets up, and he's getting ready to go, all these guys around him. And I go over here, like on the side, and I sit down and watch is what I do because I'm a snowboard poser guy. Okay, but I look good on the outside, but on the inside, my heart is really far from the sport. And there are some of you in this room right now, and you are spiritually posing. 
outside looks good. Okay? You show up at church. You give. You're involved in ministry. You try to throw some cash in the plate every once in a while. You help other people out at work. You help in the three B's, right? Worship, growth, and serving. On the outside, you look good. But on the inside, there are some of you here that are on spiritual life support. And it's been a long, long, long time since you've had a super natural exchange with your father. It's been a long time since you've seen him move and work and speak to you and change your heart. And you think that you're fooling everyone, but the reality is, is what's going on on the inside comes out to the outside. And there are some of you, and you are desperate right now for a fresh touch from your father. Man, it was about a year ago, and I was out and about and making ministry happen. I think this, I went through this one season. It was incredibly crazy and difficult. Spoke 30 times in like 40 days. I would fly my kids in and out, writing like crazy, trying to knock out a book. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm out there changing the world. But let me tell you what I did. I began to neglect and busyness. I chose the busyness of ministry over intimacy with my father. I looked good on the outside, but inside I was burnt out. I was tired. Sin was starting to creep in. And I was on my way to being a wreck. Truth is, I was a full-time pastor, but a part-time follower of Christ. And there are some of you here, you're a full-time dad, but you're a part-time follower of Christ. You're a full-time worker, but a part-time follower of Christ. You're a full-time student, part-time follower of Christ. You're a full-time mom, making it happen, slinging them pans and getting them lunches made but you are a part-time follower of Christ and you're on life support. And for you, just like the other son that ran away, it is time for you to come home and fall at the feet of your father. So Celine Dion boy is still in Vegas. When he came to his senses, he said, I will set out and go back to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. It's really interesting, this word here, go back. Go back. The Greek word, like the original language that the Bible was written in, that word go back is anastami. 
And here's what it means. It means to raise up from lying down, to raise up from the dead, to rise, to stand up. And that guy had a holy moment. That guy that had walked away from his father stood up and he said, I'm going to go back. I will no longer sleep spiritually, but I will wake up. I will no longer walk around like the living dead, but I will stand up and I will rise and I will go back to my father. And that's the moment that some of you need to have this weekend. It's time. And there's some of you here and you don't know Jesus. You're just like kicking the tires on the thing and you're just trying to to figure it out. But you feel like this prodigal and you're like, man, it's been a long time since I felt like I've had meaning or purpose. I don't know where my life is headed. I'm telling you that the Father, Jesus, the Father and the Son are the answer for you. So here's our third runaway. The first one is the son that ran away from his father. The second runaway is the son that ran away from his father. And the third runaway is the father that ran away from home. Bam, that's good stuff right there. I don't think you heard that. I'm gonna say that again. The father that ran away from home. Listen. So he got up. And he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He's like, is that him? It's him. He's coming home. He's a mess. He's filthy, but he's coming home. And it says, he ran to his son. Don't skip over that. He ran. He didn't walk. He didn't skip. He didn't do the worm or the moonwalk. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. I can see it. He's on top of a hill. He's got some high-powered military-issue binoculars. He's looking around. I'm telling you what, even though Cole, that whole thing was kind of funny when he left, there was a sense inside of me of why is he feeling he needs to go away that broke my heart. I'm sitting there on that chair. I'm looking for him. Cole, you coming back, man? That's what this guy's father was doing. He's just looking. Like, where is he? Is he going to come back? He's like, that's him. Here he comes, and he's a mess, and he's filthy, and he's been living in sin, and he's a wreck, and he stinks, and his life is an utter train wreck and a mess, and his father is like, there he is, and he sprints. And he runs to him. And he goes and he picks him up. In scripture, if you see it, it says that he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. I can just feel it now because I know how many times my heavenly father has done that to me. When I've blown it, God, I thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. And that you love me enough when I screw it up and when I jack it up because I do that plenty of times. But he loves me and he forgives me. And I'm telling you what, at that moment right there, it didn't matter what that son did. 
It didn't matter if he had murdered someone. It didn't matter if he had slept with 30 women. It didn't matter if he was a drunken idiot. It didn't matter if he bad-mouthed his father. It didn't matter if he had anger issues. It didn't matter if he struggled with lust. It didn't matter if he struggled with pornography. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what he had done. Here's what the father did. He said, quick, bring the best robe and put it on. He says, man, we are going to throw a party tonight. Let's get the, the best robe in the house that we got and let's put it on him. Let's put a ring on his finger. Let's put sandals on his feet. Let's bring the big fat calf to the table. Let's cut it and let's eat some steak. Let's have a feast. Let's celebrate. Why? For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is now found. He says, listen, he was a spiritual poser, but now he's living it authentically. He was spiritually dead, but now he's alive. He was sleeping, but now he's awake. The Father is standing before you today. And his arms are open wide. He's just saying, come. Come. You, come. Come. Come home. It's time to come home. Get rid of that secret. You don't have to live that way any longer. He wants you to come home. He's here for you. Stop playing the game. Stop just getting your church check marks. Allow God to spiritually transform your life. It is time to come home today. So as I'm sitting on the chair, looking for Cole to come home, bam, he turns the corner. He was gone for 47 seconds, I think. <laughs> and he starts running, and he sheds his Scooby-Doo backpack his hat flies off, and I run to him, and I pick him up. It was like a movie, you know. We're turning in circles. You can hear the music in the background. My hair, because I had hair back then, is doing this. You can see the thing. But here's the deal. Listen, man, my son had come home, and I looked at him, and I just said this. I love you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. There's nothing that you can ever do that will make me walk away from you and make me love you less. Thank you for coming home. I am here. I am all in. I'm Cole's biggest fan. You are my son. You are my God-given young man, and I love you. And that's what your father's saying to you today. His arms are open wide, and he's just saying, will you come home? At the end of the service today, we're going to have some folks that are going to be standing up front here, and they want to pray with you. And there are some of you here, and you need prayer. Some of you don't know Jesus. you got questions like, man, what does all this mean? We'll be down here. We want to answer your questions. We want to talk to you. So you're going to be tempted to leave, to get home, go eat, all, get out in this heat. Come down here and talk to somebody and allow them to pray with you. And pray over you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. 
And I ask that you would move in a mighty supernatural way in our lives this morning. God, that you would speak to us, that you would change us, transform us, that we would surrender our fish to you, God. We've been carrying it for a long time now. God, I just pray that you would begin to work and speak in people's lives, that you would transform us, Father, that we would come clean. God, that we would come home to you. Everybody said, amen.